Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of the Portsmouth Running Podcast. I just wanted to start by by saying I'm really, really thankful and pleased that you are here listening to the show, as always. Uh, and in true normal fashion and routine, I am joined by the one and only dangerous David Harvey, as I'm calling you now. Dave, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Mr. Piccolo, or, or is it Mr. Del Piccolo? I don't know. Yes, you can call me Mr. Del Piccolo today. It's fine. Mr. It feels Del nice, Piccolo. And, nice okay. and formal Moth. for a Friday. <laughs> yeah. or Supreme Leader Piccolo. Supreme Leader. Mm, maybe not. Eh? <laughs> We're all doomed <laughs> if that's the case, mate. <laughs> Listen, do you know why I'm calling you Dangerous Dave today? Or, or, uh, or can no. you remember? No, so tell me why. Go on. Okay, because this week, right, I have to say that, you, that we, you obviously came down to record one lunchtime. And I swear to God, you were trying to kill me with all of your hardcore parkour skills, jumping all over the place, <laughs> running on running on the walls behind the pyramids. Um, it, w- it was quite good, fantastic fun. Yeah, well, you can't call it parkour unless you shout parkour when you land, can you? That's true, which we did. Yeah. Which we did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, next time, I'll, I'll, I'll stun you with my amazing somersaults off, off the top of like the Pyramid Centre or something like that. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Maybe you could stand on top of the Victoria sign and do some somersaults off there. That would make an epic photo. Yeah, I'd have to be really drunk for that. So. But, yeah. <laughs> Maybe when we go to the festival. <laughs> and ambulances on standby and stuff, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it must have been that goo gel I gave you, because when you when you turned up at the house the other day, we obviously went off, went off for our run at lunch and... Um, you were you were starving when you got to the door and gave you that, that chocolate goo gel and after that you were like Mr. Parkour himself. Yeah. Well, I, I, what I have in my plan normally is to do some kind of gym session in the week. So what I did beforehand was come down after doing a load of squats, deadlifts, kettlebell swings, lunges, and things like that. And it's the first time I've done it for a while. Okay. And you know that feeling that you have in your legs after going to the gym where you just sort of feel like they just feel a little bit spent and you yeah, get trim, really trembly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which isn't really what you want for a run. But nevertheless, um gave it a crack, had a goo gel, and they are like runners crack, aren't they? I mean <laughs> I tell you what, yeah. I'm, you know, if, if if I wasn't convinced before, I am definitely now after your change. So. Yeah. If you want <laughs> if you want that kind of hit when you're sober and not running, then you need to like, you know, find some dodgy people on the corner and get something illegal i swear <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing so, so listen we, we announced the the podcast video channel finally so i guess um we, we we managed to obtain our first chance to uh i guess majorly embarrass ourselves as usual bringing the listeners content they don't actually need as you described it yeah i mean yeah it's, it's i guess it's content that no one needs content that is done by two idiots that don't really know what they're doing um one of them i.e me has probably got a face for a podcast more than video so (laughs) (laughs) not true dave you are beautiful on camera (laughs) i know i know beautiful and fabulous done brilliant brilliant but yeah listen i i I wanted to just kind of tell the listeners out there that that obviously you know we were really excited this week to announce the channel um and so um you know if you're listening do head over to to our youtube channel you can find it by searching for portsmouth running podcast or you can find uh, a link to our profile on Instagram with all the links you need in there to the channel and to the podcast. Um, and obviously, if you subscribe via via YouTube, if you have an account, it'll let you know every time we we drop a new episode. So yeah, so so head over there and just kind of follow us and, and just our journey, Dave. And I think you know, yeah. we, I think we kind of it's important to say that we kind of keep this fun, we keep this purely you know 
basically from that fire that that passion that burns for the running inside of us and, and we're literally just going to kind of have fun with it and see see where the journey takes us yeah totally i think it was born out of like a conversation when we were going over to the isle of Wight last week last year even wasn't it um well i was like do you reckon it would be fun just to kind of like get a camera and i don't know maybe try a coffee and see how it makes you feel when you go for a run around portsmouth and then like go to ports with businesses that kind of thing and see what the coffee yeah. they do is good or go and try stuff like staggeringly good beer and then go for a run and exactly I that like, exactly. i don't know I, I think i'm you know i'm 38 start to get bored i know that you're you, you're always looking to do stuff aren't you so it could just be a bit of fun and if people want to come for the ride and maybe drink a beer and see how fast they can run after a beer that would be quite fun <laughs> yeah 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 well i mean that that's an important thing isn't it it's like it, it exactly how it started um with that with that run last year and stuff around the other whites and, and all those conversations we've had but we definitely want to keep this um very engaging with the running community and and obviously the the heart of the podcast is still going to be very much focused on on the runners in the community but but we want to kind of spread our wings a little bit i guess in the area and kind of just show people you know what what is out there in terms of coffee and like you say beer and all these amazing fabulous kind of businesses and people that are have got their stalls down the seafront and and this yeah. obviously it's such a great community down here and also dave you know stretching up to where you guys are up in clanfield you know that's all it's all kind of part of it and we're hoping to yeah to take the camera out to the south downs and to some of the trails that you've got there um by your house and we can kind of show people you know other areas that they can run and we may even spread a little bit further you know going off back up to blended trails and, and doing a bit of stuff with them so hopefully we can all kind of collaborate together and just bring you some some, some yeah. good fun content we should do like a one yearly um, mega epic you, you know a bit like the top gear guys do when they do like the i think the new one was called lockdown or something and they go on some epic challenge um yes. so definitely what next year should be should be to run from portsmouth to download festival and go and see the metal <laughs> dude that that would be awesome and if we could time it just just as the, the the kind of concert starts as we arrive that would just be that would just be perfect just running into the crowd with our backpacks on amazing yeah, <laughs> yeah much shit. you couldn't get more metal than that dave i'm and by the way i am not metal but i but i but i love I love kind of like tagging onto your to your metalness on your back, so it's great. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> it's brilliant. But listen, back to business. How's how's everything going? How's the running going? How's how's training been this week? And um, yeah, where's right. the summer? All right. Um, yeah. So after Lakeland, I had a few weeks, a couple of weeks off, and started to get back into it this week. And um, I actually told you about this earlier, but I had this kind of like weird thing that happened to me today, which is perhaps because I'm still recovering from Lakeland. And it'll be interesting to know if anyone listening has had this before. Um, but yesterday I went out for a tempo run, which was 20 minute warm up and then two lots of 20 minute but sort of marathon pace. Okay. Now, I haven't done that for a long time. Um so maybe probably since about April, March, April this year, I haven't run at any kind of consistently kind of up tempo um, pace, you know, and I'm I'm not talking like super quick. It's about seven, seven and a half minute miles. Mm, that's right. Well, and, I mean, you, you've been injured and training for, for, the, for Lakeland, obviously, as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's Lakeland, you, you know, stuff like that, I think, you know, for some of these longer ultras, you want to be kind of strong, don't you? And, and not necessarily have that zip. So you don't really need to do it that much. But anyway, mm. I was I was go, went out and when it got, got to the 20 minute cool down after two lots of 20 minutes at marathon pace, I, yep. I was absolutely spent. And I mean, I wasn't just kind of like tired after doing the tempos. I was spent. My heart rate was high. 
like it mm -hmm. was in the kind of um, threshold, almost um, max heart rate zones. Okay. So and, and, it was accurate, was zones. It? and I was going along at 10 and a half minute miles and it wasn't coming down at all. Um, and it, it was a little bit undulating up and down, sort of slightly uphill for quite a bit of it. Yeah. But yeah, I just couldn't get it down. And by the time I got home, I had to go and like properly sit down and have 10 minutes to myself. You know, it was really, um, oh. really, really odd. And it's never really happened to me, I don't think. So it was that was something new. And um, maybe it's were recovery. You, maybe it's, were you yeah. by any chance trying to run as quickly as you were when you were like a little bit more attuned to the to the speed mm. or or did you did you reduce it? Well, now 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 that that's the question isn't it <laughs> here we go <laughs> um, <laughs> i was probably overstating my ability a little bit <laughs> okay okay so maybe more 10k pace than marathon pace let's say that <laughs> all right fair enough I, I i don't know if it i don't know if it makes a difference but i remember speaking to uh, a friend of mine who used to work or probably still does work over at um where, where i am over in hursley and um he was training for the for the paralympics at one point and he used to tell me a little bit about his training routine and one of the things i remember him saying and and, and excuse me if I, I haven't got the details exactly right but i'm pretty sure that he was so finely tuned and trained that he used to keep his watch uh, on his wrist at night and it would kind of measure uh, mm. movement and stuff and how well he slept yeah. and that would often dictate on his hard days how hard he could push it and, and, and not and he always used to say to me that he would be able to tell a difference in his yeah. resting heart rate or, or moments where his heart rate should be you know should be really? calmer that he, yeah. he would be able to be higher if he'd had a bad night's sleep so okay. I mean I guess it kind of proves that there's so many small factors that could be involved. Yeah. There could be like how well you're hydrated, how well you've been sleeping over the yeah. last two weeks. It could be a it could be a couple of bad nights sleep that you had like four days before. It could be diet related. It could be that you pushed yeah. too hard. The, the you know what? I must I must say that the night before I didn't sleep well, and because of that thing that I did to my rib recently, I took some cocodamol. So I wonder okay. if there's anything about being a bit out of it as well, but. Yeah, it's a Probably, good point. Yeah. There's all these tiny kind. It's like these sort of marginal gains that you get, but when once you put them all together, isn't it? If you yeah. start paying attention to the detail, I guess that's when you can start making big differences, isn't it? So. Exactly, exactly. And and you know what? Like I guess one philosophical kind of or, or larger picture way to look at it is that in a day, there's you know so many thousand minutes, and within each of those minutes, something good or bad can happen, which basically yeah. makes thousands of factors every day. And they yeah. all kind of come together, don't they, over the days and they all merge into one and form patterns with your behavior and your ability. Yeah. And I think yeah. that kind of always results day to day in in some kind of new configuration, um, which is why obviously racing and nutrition is 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 just as hard as well. And and just how you feel day to day and why I guess our moods are up and down and abilities are up and down all over the place. So it's a complicated thing, isn't it? It's like really tough. But like you say, you know, you, you would have expected yourself to be able to rest during those 20 minutes and get your heart rate down but you couldn't so it was was quite different yeah very different so uh, slightly changing the subject but um so I, I was i was on facebook the other day dan and there was this uh woman called vicky z owens do you know her she calls herself the happy runner happy runner. oh i think i may have come across her before socially that, i'm uh, not sure I think she she's she's always got a smile on her face and it's quite nice to kind of watch her because she does she started this thing called barefoot 5k's on a Thursday okay and she quite clearly loves running and it's quite nice to sort of see her little adventures and stuff like that on yeah there. 
Um, and she, I think she's got a bit of a mentality on her that she likes to take on a challenge. So earlier this year, there was this, Mark Cobain was doing this thing called the accumulator, which I remember you that, go yeah. up or down. So in January, on the 1st of January, you do one mile, 2nd January, you do two, 3rd January, three, and so on and so forth. Or you could start on the 1st of January doing 31 miles and then going down to one. So you do your do the one mile at the end of the month. Okay. So she decided to do both at the same time, which works out as 32 miles a day. And gotcha. I think managed to do about a thousand miles in January. So, Blimey. so she, she quite likes a challenge. Um, but it kind of connects with a conversation we had the other day that you might want to share with people, Dan, about your inability to step down from a challenge once someone said it or if someone says that you are a chicken or you can do that, you <laughs> are unable to um, to say no to something. So uh, do you want to tell people about your Great South Run adventure a few years ago? Yeah, OK, I, I will. And and apologies for those who may have heard it, because, um, yeah, I've spoken about this a few times, but it was back when I was, I guess I'd call myself like a casual runner. Um, and the way you've just kind of led me into this, Dave, you make me sound like Marty McFly from Back to the Future. <laughs> What's wrong, Marty? Are you chicken? <laughs> it was it, so basically what happened was this, the short of it was uh, some we got into a conversation at work one one day with some with some running friends about how the fact that you couldn't you couldn't possibly do 10 miles on the road barefoot without a significant amount of training over over the period of months just to get your feet ready, your legs ready and stuff. And back at the time, I was very, very inexperienced as a runner. I was, I would guess I would call myself like a casual runner, maybe just, you know, that's, that, that's how I kind of labeled myself back then, because I would only train for the Great South Run each year and, and build up towards October and then stop running for a few months. So um, I took on this challenge at work to run for charity. And I ran, I think, I uh, ran for Wave 105 Cash for Kids at the time. Uh, and the challenge was to run the Great South Run barefoot with no socks or shoes or anything. So no Vibram trainers or anything like that and um do it within something like less than six training runs or something so, <laughs> so being the stupid idiot that i am as we've uh, alluded to earlier um I, I took the challenge on uh, raised some money which i thought you know was a good opportunity to, to, to do so because i think i i'd done it previous years and you know eventually you get kind of sick and tired of asking people to to raise money for 10 miles because you've, you've done it before so this was something different um and yeah i mean i'm not too sure like what to say really apart from the fact that i I hurt a lot after my first barefoot run. So I just went out one day barefoot on the roads of Winchester and ran, I think, I think it was about seven miles or something. And I remember not being able to wake up really the next morning because my, my calf muscles hurt so much. <laughs> Honestly, it was like, it was just like they'd been beaten with a, with, with some kind of bat or something. Yeah, because it loads but your calves up, doesn't it, when you go barefoot? Hugely, hugely, yeah. hugely. But I must admit though, the sensation underfoot of of running on the floor is quite nice you know i think i'm like yeah. one of those I, I i don't know how to make this not creepy <laughs> but i'm like I, I guess like you know a foot massage and stuff appeals to me where some people it wouldn't um yeah. so i guess that feeling underfoot of, of well, you know, i'm not going to give you a foot massage if that's anything oh, well thanks man <laughs> i'll see if that's i can right. see if i can you at some point <laughs> um yeah the feeling underfoot of the the pavement and stuff is actually quite quite nice and quite soothing and i found that that bit okay but when it came to race day, I'd obviously only done, I think, up to about seven miles max um, underfoot. We did the race and I ran it, I think it was about one, 
120, somewhere around there. I did, I, I ran the time in a 121 or something. Can't exactly remember, but when I finished, uh, the next day I had pretty much the whole of one foot was just one big blood blister, which is <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> it is horrible. It is absolutely Excellent. foul. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I did it and it was fine. Actually, it was okay. The only thing was, uh, that was quite difficult was dodging all the bottle tops because I think back then they used to have, um, bottles you could just unscrew and there were just caps all over the floor like everywhere yeah. uh there was also one person during the race during the beginning of the race i remember that said i heard them saying oh you, you've got no shoes on and i managed to convince them that i'd forgotten my trainers at home so i just decided to run anyway <laughs> <laughs> which, which was quite funny so uh but yeah no no so, so i did it so that was my experience of barefoot running and um, you know i didn't yes. do it for any other reason other than you know for a bit of charity running and just mm. to kind of uh, make myself look an idiot um <laughs> but i won a blood blister for months oh yeah it was there for a long time and eventually <laughs> thought no this is this is this is bad i've got to sort my feet out and popped yeah. it and, and after that it was fine but yeah i, I wonder if that's like if there's like a common mentality amongst runners about not backing down because i used to kind of get in conversations when when i was at the pub you know and be a bit drunk and then wake up in the morning and not have an email that would say you've just entered the autumn hundred or something like that <laughs> and it's and it's normally when people leg me on or yep. tell me that i can't do something that i suddenly go well I'll bloody show you <laughs> i think there is definitely some of that in us i mean yeah. we all we all like to race don't we and then there's always yeah that appeal of the next kind of step or the next challenge up so yeah I, I can completely think that have we got anything that we can give away because that would be quite interesting to find out if anyone's got a story about something that they they decided they couldn't back down on whether that's at the pub um and to do with running or mm -hmm. anything like that or amongst friends at work or just generally because I bet that's a great idea really, actually, yeah really funny stories that, that people have Tell you what we'll do. We'll we're gonna we're gonna put our heads together, Dave. We're gonna work, we're gonna get a package together, a, a winning package together, and we'll find out from the listeners what what they can come up with and tell us about some of their some of their experiences. So uh, that's a great idea. Yeah. But listen, cool. <laughs> I've got something to ask you as well. Yeah. Again, changing the subject slightly. Yes, yes, yes. But you have a very interesting story before we obviously go into into this week's interview. Um, of uh, and I'm gonna call it this because this is what you've entitled it: Stabby Stick Simon from Lake. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. i think is brilliant please do kind of tell us the story because okay. yeah so after talking about lakelands the other week heather said to me oh did you include stabby stick simon and i couldn't believe it that i can i'd forgotten about stabby stick simon because he it was one of those things that for about two hours ruined my race and <laughs> i don't know if anyone else has got this before but has really kind of like irrationally started to hate someone's guts during during a marathon or an ultra um but it happened and this guy was like i couldn't get past him and he was my nemesis and i was like i fucking hate this guy um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was and do you know what would happen we were going around Oldswater in the morning um uh -huh. and this was just before halfway and i've had a couple of like ups and downs through the night um and i'd used my poles now okay. a few years ago when i was doing transvolcania I sort of used my poles and then this this guy had said to me, look, don't do that because you're going to stab someone behind you if you do that. Just when you're not using them, just hold them in one hand. Okay. And then I've done a couple of European races now, and that seems to be like the kind of thing to do is that when you're using your, your cheat sticks, yeah. you make sure that you don't take people out behind you by taking their fucking head off. 
stabbing them in the <laughs> eye, stabbing them through the heart, tripping them up. Well, it's, it's easily just... done, isn't it? Because they, I mean, they're pretty sharp. Those things. <laughs> yeah, they are. So this guy, Stabby Stick Simon, who I called, and um, we were going through Oldswater, and every time he stopped using his sticks, he would slow down a bit, and I would carry on running and come close to him behind. And he would put his sticks under his armpits like he was going down a bloody sli- a ski slope. <laughs> you know, and when he, when he was and I literally almost took my head off a few times. And I was like trying to get past him. I'd say, you know, excuse me, can I get past? And then lo and behold, you know, you know what these things are like. You end up leapfrogging each other, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And do you know what? It, he, he did keep me awake because I think maybe half <laughs> half a dozen times I had to like duck for cover because of these <laughs> sticks flying back into my face you um, nearly got so, you nearly got blinded by by lecky poles yeah 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 so yeah i think they were lecky as well but um it, it turned into this kind of like deep hatred of this guy and then i i started to kind of turn it into a bit of bit of fun in my head and started calling him calling him stabby stick simon and I think I phoned Heather at about halfway and told her about it. And she thought it was absolutely hilarious. And um, <laughs> after I'd finished, I was like, there he is. There he is. That stubby stick, Simon. <laughs> I'm sure so he's a lovely guy. But um, so he, that... he, he had finished. Dave, did you did you go up to him and just check that his poles weren't covered with blood at the end from from all the victims he <laughs> destroyed on the hills? Yeah, I bet you there's loads of people missing now. <laughs> <laughs> Keep finding people with holes in them on the trails. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, do you know what? I, I don't know if it's that's happened to you before or not. But the last time that I, I started to unreasonably kind of hate someone's guts in a race was when I was doing the South Downs 100. Yeah. And there was this woman sat at the top of the hill where you climb out of Botolfs. I think okay. Botolfs, is that how you say it? Uh, I think it's, it's Botolfs or Botolfs, yeah. Botolfs, something like that, isn't it? Anyway, it's, yeah. it's far enough into, into the race for you to feel a bit tired. And um, I wasn't paying attention where I was where I was going, and she sort of pointed down this general direction towards this trail. And about ten minutes later, I was thinking, Do you know what? I haven't seen any tape for ages now. And how many times have I done that bit? Maybe I've done South four times, you know. Yeah. Done South Downs hundred. So I must have been through that bit on a race like maybe five times. And I was absolutely kicking myself, but I couldn't drop how much I hated that woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I blamed yeah, everything yeah. on her and it, of course it was my fault for not paying attention but um, a few weeks later I saw it at the front of the, uh, the beginning of the North Downs 100 and okay. I was like I hate you obviously not telling her but yeah you've now just got it got her in the mind as the enemy so she, so basically there's, there's a bucket of people including Stebby Stick Simon and 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 what's the what's the lady's name oh what the I, I haven't given her a nickname yet but I think of one Horrible old woman, one. we'll call her. <laughs> something, to, something to do with direction, or yeah. something like that. So <laughs> you've got a bucket yeah. of people who are who are on your hit list when you see them. So, uh, yeah. but no, it's it's true though. Like when you're in when you're in those kind of later stages, or or, or at, at, with any kind of length, when you're really focused, it's amazing at kind of how small things can really annoy you. And it can be, you know, in a in a short race, it can be somebody who's just running too close to you, or or mm. side by side to you, or somebody's making a strange noise, and you just want to, uh-huh. you, know, you just you just want it out of your out of your mind yeah. and out of your there's, space there's always you? there's always a heavy breather as well somewhere isn't there mm. yeah no, <laughs> no i true. don't want to kind of like upset everyone that listens to this show but you know like um just be good to people yeah, that's <laughs> don't it. I think stab that's people it. in the face 
exactly it's all, it's all about me being mindful and stuff and obviously we we, we say this all with all in jest anyway it's all it's all fine i'm sure stabby six stabby six stick simon might be uh might end up being your favorite good good pal soon so you never know <laughs> yeah no he, he's quite impressed actually because he that was his fifth time of doing it and had, had won the 500 mile slate wow so he's quite hardcore obviously much more hardcore brilliant. than I. brilliant well dude um i think what we should do is um free up your day and let you let you head off and i've got some some things to do as well i'm going off to the uh to the cinema tonight with uh, my son taking my son to see uh, the latest disney film um, oh, and you're going off to uh, entertain nieces and nephews and and family yeah the nephews are at the park at the moment they just terrorize the house but okay. maybe we might be going to ikea later to buy some stuff for baby hey, for the future. brilliant the future well, actually, we'll no, to, it's the fu- future to Walter, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll tell you what we'll have to do is we'll have to get Heather on at some point just to uh, give us an update on what she's been up to um, with running and the pregnancy and how that all, how that's all going for her as well. So have a chat yeah. with Heather, see if she wants to come on and say hello to everybody. And uh, yeah, it'd be great to kind of hear her experiences just, you know, for a few minutes to see how she's getting on with um, with running. Yeah. yeah, cool, cool. Awesome. Well, we're going to head over to our interview with Mitch Hardy this week. Uh, Mitch... Oh. Has been on the list today for a long time to get onto the show, and what an amazing runner! I mean, what he's hey run and achieved is just incredible. If you look at his his statistics page for all his ultras, it's it's just amazing. And and you know you know Mitch as well, don't you? Yeah, the guy's an absolute legend. Yeah, like, he, he's him and you know that that Pompey group of runners were just are the ones that inspired me to kind of start running properly. So yeah, mm-hmm. he's a legend. Very, very good. So anyway, we'll head over to that. Dave, have a lovely weekend and hope to catch up with you soon. Yeah, take easy, mate. You too. Cheers. So hello, Mitch Hardy, and welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. Finally, uh, this has been a show a show that I've been keen to record for some time now. But uh, but Mitch, welcome again. And how have you been keeping? Uh, well, yeah, recovering, uh, trying to recover, feeling very tired. Uh, yeah. It's, what, two and a half weeks now? Um uh, yeah yeah no i'm good i'm good excellent excellent i, I know it's um i was just thinking back then just when you said that i was like wow it's been two and a half weeks since we uh we last saw each other at the end of the kenneth navon canal race but how how's the recovery been going for you uh to, well uh, i've taken it as uh done no running until yesterday uh <laughs> I, I was a bit worried yesterday when i tried to run uh but i've run today and i feel much better actually Oh, um, so uh yeah my aim is just to to get running because i've only got two and a half weeks before um leads to liverpool oh my gosh that's um yeah i guess that time gap between two big long races like that which which we're going to cover later i guess is um doesn't leave you for much time to to adjust any of your training as such i guess it's just a case of resting and and getting ready straight for the next one yeah, literally that. That's kind of basically what I ended up doing after GUCR. Obviously, it was a bigger gap. I think it was eight or nine weeks. Um, but it, it was, for me, it was just about giving myself a couple of weeks to try and recover. I probably actually started running too early. Um, but yeah, then, then it was just making sure I could run uh, and being ready for the, the, the start of, well, Canada and Avon. Yeah. Um, yeah so there's a very very similar but much shorter um, gap in between for these two. 
for sure well it's absolutely incredible that you're going on to to now do another canal race i think it's i think it's fantastic and i think as we kind of dive deeper into this uh into the story and and as you share your experiences we're going to find out just how much amazing running you have done so but mitch it's, it's worth adding early on here that um you're obviously you've been a, a local runner in, um to portsmouth that's been on my list uh to to do this interview with for some time now and i've had so many other runners on the show say hey you know hey dan why haven't you interviewed mitch yet um, and people have contacted me on Facebook and said the same thing. And and honestly, um, it's great to finally get you on. And I think for me, the stars, I think I said to you, the stars aligned quite well for this because we obviously got to share a few miles during the the Kennet and Avon Canal race. Um, I remember us running together in the evening a little bit and and you you darting off ahead and then seeing each other again near the one of the aqueducts early morning. So it just seemed like a good time to kind of go ahead and and do the interview now. So again, thank you very much for coming on and sharing your story. But I always um, like to let my guests give a quick introduction to themselves, Mitch. So um, perhaps maybe you could take a minute or two just to, to introduce yourself again, maybe tell the listeners where you're from uh, and maybe a little bit about like what kind of running you do and stuff, just as a basic intro. So over to you, mate. Well, <clears throat> so I, I am Mitch Hardy. Um, I'm uh, 51 this year in November. Um, I don't, <laughs> don't know if that counts, but uh, I was actually <laughs> yeah. born... I was born near Cambridge, uh, lived there till I was about 10, moved to London um, till I was, till 2002 when I moved to Portsmouth. And I've been here since 2002. Um, okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, now, now you're known for running, I, I can only describe them as, as big, big distances and, and you've been running ultras certainly from from what i found during my research and this may be a little bit off but but bear with me from about 2011 onwards maybe a little bit before that um you, you've taken part in more than i think 13 to 1500 mile races including many 145 mile events um which is really kind of like a, i guess a speciality distance really getting getting to those kind of distances but uh maybe that's something that's changing now in this age where where ultra running's becoming more popular and accessible but Quickly after hearing that, I'm sure a lot of listeners are probably asking themselves, 145 miles, did I did I hear that right? And I guess, yes, it is. But Mitch, I was going to ask you, because you've done so many of these, what is it that draws you back to those those incredibly long distances? Uh, well, the, the challenge never goes away. There's still, still, it is a draw. Um, certainly this year, the draw was to do all three canal races in the same year. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, it's, 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 I don't, well, from the from the first hundred I did, it was just I, I was in awe of hearing about it, hearing somebody run the 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 whole of the South Downs way, and and it was I was just I just wanted to do it, and um, I think with that I I uh, found out a bit more about it. I volunteered uh, one year, and the following year I ran it. Um, Amazing. Yeah. I think I think it, it'll probably be similar to a lot of people who are, who are going to be listening to this out there who are probably thinking the same thing you know that, that have either read about people running 100 mile distances like I did and and again like you had planted a seed in my head and I was fascinated and wanted to try it um but yeah there'll, there'll be many people out listening to this interview that will go on to to try those those distances and run those distances in the future so um yeah so I, I get asked that question all the time Mitch and and it's difficult it's really difficult to find an answer because I think the answer for me changes day to day like why you run them you have I guess different motivations for different races and 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 different times of your life as well. But uh, yeah, no, good, good answer anyway. And um, I was going to ask how your recent of course, holiday interesting. was. Yeah, yeah, go on. 
No, I was just going to say the interesting thing with what you're saying there is that uh, effectively anyone can um, sign up for one of the canal races because they don't actually require a minimum um, sort of previous race. Uh, if true. it's something you really want to do and you're willing to put a bit of training in, anybody can sign up and do one. That's amazing. There you go. If anybody's listening and thinking, I, I quite fancy that as a challenge, go for it. There is nothing <laughs> stopping you. I think I think the most important ingredient, ingredient Mitch, is, is what I always say is is desire. As soon as you have desire for something uh, and, and maybe a bit of passion in there, too, um, which comes with the desire, I guess it's you know, you, you can put your mind to it, to anything and, and achieve anything. So, yeah, you just got to. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing is once I've signed up to something, my determination to complete it is there. Um, and that's the draw in the end is, you know, like I said, once you signed up, you just want to get it done. Um, that's yeah. it. And signing up is just one of those steps towards towards the finish line, and isn't it? It's just one of one of the one of the initial steps. <laughs> it, it, it is, and uh, as you you know yourself, uh, the thing about these uh, certainly those sorts of events is you sign up well in advance, and there's so many stages where you're worried that you're not going to make that start line, and and then uh, you know up to that point, and then finally you do make the start line, and then. It's whether you can complete the race or not, but you know, you, you just get there in the end. But yeah, so, so you know, even right up to race day, you, you still worry something's going to crop up and and stop you getting there. Yeah, that's that's true. It's it's a it's a major worry for everyone, isn't it? And for, and for me, one of the things is is picking up a bug or some kind of cold or flu. I mean, it's happened a couple of times, but but fortunately, nothing so far with with any of the big races because. That's such a shame, isn't it? To put in all that effort over the months and the years, and 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 have to pull out for something like that. But, Mitch, how do you how do you relax between these big races? Obviously, I know you you recently got back from a holiday in Cornwall, um, and in fact, it's it's probably worth mentioning here, which is quite fascinating to me, that you actually travelled back to London off of your holiday to run uh, Kennet and Avon Canal race, which is just incredible. But but how do you take the time to kind of relax um, the legs, relax the body, and and the mind after after a big race like that? Uh, it's a good question, really. Um, I, I, we've got a hot tub in the garden. That helps. Oh, um, <laughs> brilliant. When, when can we come over? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not that big. <laughs> um, uh, well, I don't really do a lot, to be honest. Running or working and sleeping. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you, so, so I guess you're, you're kind of like happy in your space. You don't need to kind of go off and, and do things or go and go for like massages or anything like that. It's just literally a case of resting up, resting up well. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I will tend to go and get some treatment if I'm worried about, or I've got a bit of a niggle, but other than that, I don't, I don't tend to um, bother with it really. Okay. Okay. That, that, I, I, I am, I, I think I am quite lucky in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. And also, it sounds like you 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 keep it simple, which is which is great. You know, just um just keep keep going at it and keep training and and repeat the process. So that's good. But Mitch, we, we've obviously alluded to the fact that you're, you you run some absolutely insane distances and stuff, and and do this multiple times a year. Um, but I'd love to know where your running journey began. Um, and I always love to kind of ask my guests about their kind of first running memories and stuff. So, I guess taking the time to actually look back um at your running where, where did it all start and where did you get those kind of first experiences in running 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure. It's not like I've had anybody um, in the family or anything like that. I okay. do I do remember where we lived. Uh, I said just outside Cambridge. It was a little village. Um, the shops were quite away from the house. And I do do remember my mum commenting on how quick I'd been um, fetching something from the shop. And I probably saw that as a challenge the next time I went to try and go even quicker. And so I'd, I'd run to the shop and back. I think it probably just started there and just just built from there. I've always always um, enjoyed running. Okay. Uh, it, it seemed when I was at school, I was the only person that liked cross country. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's quite a yeah. statement to like it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I mean. No, no one else wanted to do it, and I didn't think we did it enough. But there we go. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And just to double check, those shops that your that your mom used to send you to were, were not a hundred miles away, were they? They were they were a bit closer. No, they weren't. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it seemed a long way at the time. It was probably only less than a mile, I guess, or, or whatever. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, so cross country was something that you that you loved doing, and I, I guess a lot of your friends were just like, Mitch, what the hell's going on here, dude? This is not fun. <laughs> but you were like, yeah, this is great. I love the running. It's it's fantastic. Um, are, are you yeah. friends with any people from school now that kind of look back um and go, ah, oh, it all makes sense now? <laughs> not, not really I, I, no i don't i don't think i've kept any friends as such i've got I've people on facebook and stuff like that but um yeah i'm not sure i mean the thing is it's when when you've uh given my introduction and stuff like that i'm kind of like is, are you really talking about me <laughs> Just, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't quite sound real but yeah yeah i know well it, it you know it's it's incredible and, and i think a lot, a lot of the guests that come on the show kind of you know, ask me that you know are, are you sure you want me on the show why, why am i here and stuff but no it's just you know, it's great. There's such depth and um and like some real interesting kind of corners and and nooks and crannies and stuff in the running community down here. And I just think everyone adds their their, their little piece to it down here. So it's you know you never have to worry about being on the show. I think it's it's great that you're here and and it's already quite quite an interesting tale actually. So um after school you joined or I guess during school you were um a member of the of the school cadets uh, and obviously that kind of led on to you. Uh, joining the the territorial army and stuff was that something that was on your mind to go into a, as a career or was there anything related to the sport or running that that, that kind of swayed that decision a bit um not not really it's just uh it was actually the army cadets it was nothing to do with school i know that there are some cadet services that are attached to schools but that mine okay. was uh separate to the school uh, um i kind of thought i hadn't I joined very early. I was fourteen before I joined. I think you could be in there a year before that. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, they, 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 we did end up um, with uh, cross country competitions, and I, I did get selected uh, to represent London. Uh, remember going to? Uh, uh, I think it was somewhere near Liverpool. Um, okay. <laughs> and, and it's one of them where it's quite a shock to the system. In fact, uh, thinking about it is um, when I was about 15, they had a trial for the mini marathon. Okay. Um, it, it was held uh, by Linford Christie Stadium on Wormwood Scrubs. Uh, and I got selected to represent Hammersmith and Fulham uh, uh, in the mini marathon. Oh, so uh, you think, oh, well, I must be quite good. And then you, it, it came to race day. And the gun went and everybody just disappeared in front of me because um, <laughs> well, I was okay at running. I guess distance was more my thing. 
Um, oh, okay. And, okay, and, okay. And these guys were, were obviously training full time as uh, uh, to, to wanting to become athletes or whatever. But um, it was a good experience all the same. I was, I was just about to add that at the end, you know, regardless of where, where you went, that's that's a fantastic kind of memory to have an experience to have when you're younger, for sure. Um, must have been must have been really, really good fun. Um, as someone who's got like a passion, I guess, for the you could say you've got a passion for the outdoors, I guess, because you spend a lot of time <laughs> outdoors while while running and stuff. Um, what what opportunities yeah. were there for you to to kind of engage that uh, that that passion in the territorial army when you joined? Was there lots of kind of ventures or, or, or branches that you could do some running? Uh, not exactly, but uh, because it's uh, territorial, it's part time. So um, you, we did do our training, and uh, as a recruit, you you would uh, help to get very fit. Um, but the, there was a lot of emphasis on you doing stuff in your own time. So I would uh, run um, to help. Uh, increase my fitness for that and obviously there, there's uh um uh, minimum standards you've got to meet so okay. um you know that encouraged me to 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 get out and, and run and to do quicker times i guess brilliant brilliant and i guess i guess they they um do fitness tests uh, in the ta as well is that is that all part of it as well yeah no it's all um in line with the the regular army or whatever uh, okay. uh, so you, you've got basic fitness tests and battle fitness tests and and stuff like that. I mean, they were never really an issue for me because um, obviously, I, uh, well, I say obviously, I've always in, enjoyed running, so I've always been reasonably fit. Yeah, I always see those 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 TV. I don't know if you ever see those TV shows like um, the, the the SAS ones where the guys go into the to the camps for for a two week experience type thing and. They obviously get eliminated over time. Whenever those guys get the backpacks on and they go for runs, I'm like, "Yep, I'd, I'd do that." Anything else? Forget it. <laughs> I just, I wouldn't survive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we said uh, TA, but it was in fact the parachute regiment. So there's uh, quite a high standard of fitness and wow. um, quite quite a regime you've got to get through called P Company. Uh, which involves some um, some very tough training with stretcher races and log races and uh, yeah. Wow, yeah. that sounds that sounds pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah, but at the same time, I was eighteen at the time, so um, <laughs> young. I, I got for it. I did it. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I'm not sure how long. Um, you spent there in the, in the parachute regiments and stuff, but at some point you, when you sent me your, your detail about your running, you said um, that you'd had what, what sounded like a pretty hairy and nasty um, parachuting accident. So I was wondering if, if you were okay to kind of share that story and um, maybe explain to, to everybody kind of how that affected you and, and for how long, et cetera. Yeah, I think it was actually, um, I, I seem to remember it was actually my 13th jump, Jump, funny enough, although there's nothing funny about it. Uh, uh, and I came out and ended up uh, getting a, an air, what they call an air still. So it's basically some somebody's parachute is underneath you and your parachute, and it takes the air away, so it sort of cuts a chunk of air out of the sky, and your parachute doesn't have any air and collapses slightly. So although I had a parachute... Uh, I came down very heavy with it partially collapsed and I actually crushed the vertebrae. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, I was in Germany. So I spent two weeks in a German hospital. Uh, no one there spoke English other than the surgeon that did the operation. And there was uh, 
a visitor to um, one, uh, somebody's wife, basically, that came in and she bought found a book that was written in English. But other than that, yeah, so two, two weeks of not being able to talk to anyone. And then um, they, they flew me back and took me to uh, Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Woolwich. And I thought, well, that's OK. I can see people now. And then they put me in isolation in case I had MRSA. So I still couldn't talk to anybody. Oh, my God. That's a <laughs> yeah. long time to be uh, yeah, alone. So, yeah. So anyway, it's a total of five weeks in hospital for that. Um, but I, I wasn't I wasn't um, thrown out of the TA or anything, but uh, it, it wasn't the same after that. So I did carry on for a while, but I, I, I wasn't permitted to parachute any longer. And it kind of lost the, uh, the um, attraction, really. Wow, how yeah. much how, how much has that affected you? Um, obviously back then it did a lot, a lot, but and it took you a while to recover, I guess, once you were out of hospital. But does, is that something that still kind of sits with you now? Do you do you have any effects from that? Uh, no, I'm pretty lucky, really. Uh, occasionally, I will get some backache, but I can't. In fact, it's been a while since I've even had that, and and generally, it's just my back just stiffens up, um, and it'll it, it'll pass after a, a few days. Um, okay. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm sure my back's not as it would have been originally, but um, it, yeah, it's not too much trouble from it, thankfully. Maybe there's something in that, Mitch. The more running you do, the less the less back issues we have, eh? <laughs> less parachuting. Yeah. <laughs> well, possibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, obviously, there's there's, there's going to be a whole period of time now where where I wasn't sure how long you remained in the in the army. Um, what you were kind of doing with your career and stuff at, at that point. But I really wanted to ask, um, leading up to your first marathon, um, what kind of running were you doing after the accident? Um, how serious was the running back then? Um, and I guess leading up to 2002, where you, where you ran London, how did you, how did you prepare for that? And how did you end up at the London Marathon? Yeah, um... Yeah, good question. Uh, so, but, but I, I, you know, the memory's going a little bit now, but um, I, I remember going out and wanting to get back into running because that was my thing after I was, um, initially I'd had a brace. I'd had to wear a brace for about, I think, six months after doing my back in. Uh, and once that came off, I was able to, to start building up the running again. Um, so it was, but it was a long time before I was in a position to run the marathon. Um, so a big build-up again that you needed, yeah. Yeah, it was a big build-up. Uh, I, 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 um, I can't remember how the, the order of it, actually, but I did end up joining um, Thames Valley Harriers, which was the local club where I lived in London, uh, and they had a series of half-marathon races, um, uh, and I was doing quite well in them, actually. Uh, I did get, think that was, I got my half marathon B, PB uh, um, an hour and 26 minutes, I think, to remember. Uh, I, I've never been able to match it quite. Um, certainly can't at the moment. Okay. Um, yeah. And that was all uh, sort of built up to wanting to do the marathon then. Um, I think I would have done a marathon earlier had I known how to how to sign up for it. But like anybody, well, like most people probably out there that aren't into running, um, the, the the only marathon I'd probably heard of at that time was London. Okay. And uh, back in those days, you used to get a magazine from a sports shop, and there was a little coupon inside that you filled that off and and sent it away, 
and hoped you got into the marathon. I think it was a ballot even then. Wow. Um, and and I, I can't remember if I got in the first time or, or the second time of applying, but yeah. So in the end, my first marathon, I was uh, I would have been thirty one. Uh, yeah, because okay. it was uh, two thousand. I'm sure it was two thousand and two. So yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. And that and that would have obviously been the longest run that you'd done, regardless of a race or whatever. You'd never actually done the twenty six point two before. Uh, not not as a run, no. Uh, okay. I think uh, part of the uh, the army training was the, there's a thirty mile run involved in that, but that's completely different. Okay. Um, no, that would have been the longest run, and I do remember my idea of of building up for it was just to go out and and uh, run um, like thirteen miles. Uh, I did that quite a lot. It seemed, seemed seemed like I was doing it night after night. But back then, I didn't have a watch or anything to measure it. So I rem- remember getting the A to Z out and getting a piece of string and trying to follow the route um, that I'd taken in the A to Z uh, okay. to, and, then, and then using the little um, scale to work out how far I'd run. That's amazing, isn't um, it? Like, I, I just, I, I guess I'm born of, of the era where we have watches and phones and apps and stuff. And, you know, speaking to you and hearing that, and as I have done with, with some previous guests as well, it's been fascinating to hear you know just how you'd measure yourself or time yourself and things and i know people have spoken about having just those little tiny basic casio watches on just to measure how much time uh they took they took to do a, a run but actually measuring it was was always an issue and we're so lucky these days yeah. to have all this technology but it was either that or, or get in the car and try and drive the same route but quite, obviously quite often the route you run isn't isn't um you can't drive all of it or, or whatever yeah. Or you can't, <laughs> yeah you get what i'm saying exactly exactly but oh, God, it must must be a pleasure now when you look back and go oh crikey these these youngsters just don't know how easy they've got it <laughs> <laughs> you are making me feel old <laughs> <laughs> don't worry Mitch I'm, I'm there with you trust me I'm, I'm not not far off <laughs> yeah not far off yeah. no, no 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 so so, so that so that London Marathon was obviously your I guess your I'm going to call it your segue for the for the sake of this um of this into 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 the long distance running and stuff and and moving on to the ultras, I, I know you, I, I wasn't sure how long you actually spent running marathons or how many, how many more marathons you did, but I'd love to kind of dive into, to, to the ultras and you've run a lot of them. Um, I looked at your, your um, uh, DUV statistics page, which for the listeners is almost like power of 10 for ultra running. So you can search for, for people's names and find out what ultra runs they've done if they're listed. I think not all of them are, but, um, but most of them are. Um, you've done the Ridgeway races, loads of Centurion races, uh, track 24-hour races, which are obviously, you know, mostly 100 miles plus, um, and all sorts of other ultras as well on there. So there's there's, there's tons of, of things listed on there on your profile. Um, but yeah, no, there's just there's just there's just so many. Um, the first thing I wanted to ask you though is, um, what does it take in terms of of commitment uh, and training to go from certainly in your experience from the marathon to to 100 mile distance did you did you approach it in any certain way um i mean i was i was running with well i'm a member of portsmouth joggers so i was running with what we called the off-road group um it was led by martin bacon uh so we would run twice a week uh, well three times a week really uh tuesdays and thursdays and then a longer run on the weekend if, if we weren't um, signed up to a race. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously the 2002 marathon, there was a big, uh, probably a five-year gap after I'd done that. But then they started to uh, increase in frequency until the point where I'd done quite a few. And then I was, I was looking to, to, to progress from there. So uh, you, you step up, you do a 50K because that's a few more miles than a marathon. Yep. But uh, then you, you've done your first ultra. And then um, I looked around. uh <laughs> Uh, it, it's kind of uh, affordability as well came into it. The Ridgeway is is a brilliant race, uh, and at the time was next to no money to enter. Okay. Um, there's a few logistics involved. Obviously, it starts to cost you a bit of money, but but the actual entry fee was was next to nothing. Um, yeah, and that was a learning curve. The first year I did it, I think I was uh, uh, 21 something hours, and it's an 85 mile race. Okay. Um, it was, it was quite, by far the longest I'd ever been running. I uh, had a few good hallucinations. I remember seeing a, a moose uh, at the bottom of this field. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> massive, massive horns on this moose. Um, I, I got lost a few times. That's partly why it took so long. Um, yeah. And, and then I, I went back the following year and I'd knocked three or four hours off that time. Wow. Uh, and I, did, I went back a couple of times, did end up doing quite well. I picked up a, a small medal for an age category prize. Brilliant. Um, yeah, that, that certainly helped. Wow. So, so you were you were hooked on those distances. That I mean, pretty much from then on, it was all it was all kind of long distances and stuff. And can I ask quickly where that Ridgeway is? Because I don't know too much about the race. Uh, it starts in uh, near Hemel Hempstead somewhere. Uh, it's, oh, what's it called? Um, uh, come to me in a minute and finishes over sort of um, uh, near Salisbury. Okay. It's, it's obviously uh, a hilly route, maybe similar to the Southbound it, Way. It's, suppo- it's supposed to be the most ancient road in Britain, or something like that—a five thousand-year-old road. Okay. Uh, it, yeah, it, it goes. It's uh, in a way similar to something like the Southbound, where you're going up over the top of lots of uh, big hills. Um, okay. Excellent. Yeah. Well, it's, it sounds really good. Is that race still um, something that happens each year um, now, or is it, has it stopped? It, it, it's 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 uh, normally the bank ho- I believe it's normally the bank holiday weekend end of August. Um, okay. Which, which uh, yeah, so I, well, certainly I couldn't be doing it this year because um, that's that's the same weekend as uh, Leeds to Liverpool, which is actually Liverpool to Leeds on the Leeds to Liverpool canal. But anyway, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's still going. It's uh, it's uh, it's a trail running association uh, event, I believe. Mm. um so so Mitch yeah. b- back then uh was I'm saying back then it's not you know it wasn't wasn't too long ago but um did you have uh, crews for, for that race did you use any of your contacts in the running community or friends or family to come out and crew for you uh with Ridgeway no I didn't really I just went off and and did it did it on my own um and 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 then the other events I was getting involved with were the Centurion ones, and you don't really need a crew for those. Um, yeah. But it, well, actually, saying that, it's um, it's handy to have someone who can come and pick you up at the end of it. Oh, that um, isn't, that, so, isn't that handy, <laughs> definitely. <Yeah. laughs> so that's 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 where I did get help. Uh, yeah, I could, I could get to 
um, the start by train or whatever. And then uh, I just hoped that someone would come and pick me up and uh, it's worked out quite well. Um, but yeah. Yeah, a few a few yeah. times, uh, Jason and I've walked to the to the train station afterwards, <laughs> after after sunrise, getting to the finish of the South Downs Way 100, and it's it, it's not a pleasant experience walking anywhere afterwards. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's not. No, I haven't had to do that, thankfully. No, um, no, no, it's all it's 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 all good though. It's all I guess it's. I think by that time you're just kind of sharing stories and kind of living off the high a little bit. But uh, when you get home, you do certainly crash afterwards. But no, Mitch, I was going to ask quickly, like, you know, onto the crew thing, and you said you didn't have a crew back then or, or either for Centurion, but... Not, 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 not early on, but um, over time, I had, we, uh, being part of Portsmouth uh, Joggers, uh, being involved with some of the groups, uh, I've, I've made good friends that we've uh, uh, crewed each other, uh, also part of the crewing is the, the buddy running Uh yeah, we've we've helped each other out a few times, uh, and quite often you, you you can't do as well without that help. So I'm always very grateful for it. Yeah, oh, that, that that's good to know because I was going to ask you like how, how important to you um, is is the crew for races where where you need it and require it, and and how much of an impact do they have on your on some of your races? Thing, thing is, there's, there's not many races where you need it. It's, it is more of a choice thing because generally speaking, uh, they might might not be as well marked out or stocked as something like a Centurion event, but there's, there's, there's checkpoints. And if you're willing to suffer a little bit, um, you, you can get through. You don't necessarily need a crew, but, but it is very helpful having one um, yeah. that, that can meet you more regularly than you'd see a checkpoint and hand you stuff uh, that you you want um because they they basically worked out when you're going to be there and they're ready for you and they've warmed your porridge and <laughs> yeah <laughs> sure. you're not standing around wasting time because uh, uh, as we know time is crucial for that um that finishing finishing line yeah yeah in in and out are, are there any crew members out there that, that come jump to the front of your mind who you'd like to to give a shout out to on here anybody who we might know uh well there's uh russ and sandra uh there's uh my wife she's done a lot she doesn't run at all but she's she's done a lot of to help that's uh, commitment that's that, that's massive commitment if you don't run and you big, do this big yeah. commitment actually and she she does to be fair does organize me you, you said earlier about keeping things simple and my my uh, way of doing things is is uh, it might be just laziness but it is to keep things simple and just just almost go with the flow uh, yeah. but uh, thankfully at times my wife's very organized and um, has made sure thing things are uh, run smoothly let's say um, yeah. yeah Russ Sandra Beth Martin uh big russ there's a big russ and a little russ uh there's yep. so many people um yeah yeah it'll be hard I'll to name them all i think i know yeah it is i i know there'll, there'll probably be quite a few out there but uh, yeah no it's it's just nice to kind of you know give kudos to to all those people that kind of help you along along in those races because I've, I've i had my first ever experience with a crew um a couple of weeks ago at kennett and avon and yeah it was it made a massive difference to to my race just having them there and like you say, just helping out with those little tasks so that you can get back on the path um, as quickly as possible. Yeah, and, and it gives you, you, it gives well, you a target. You, gives you a target to aim for as well. Exactly, and you certainly did very well. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. It was it was good. Yeah, good, good, uh, good race. <laughs> it was 
it was that moment when you get somehow I think you must have been hunched over or something because you uh, I just I can just visualize you kind of looking up at me and saying do you think we'll make it and I was <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah I, 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 I there were there were times I there were <laughs> do you times think we'll make the cut yeah <laughs> and and I just couldn't believe time um we were all we were always going to make it, and, and you know, certainly you proved that you did. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I was, I was, I was pretty scared going into that race, Mitch, because I had a bad experience at, at Grand Union um, a couple of years ago. So um, for me, it was, I, I, I really, you know, I, I, I always believe I can do it deep down, but I think the demons kind of got the better of me before the race because they were kind of battering me down, saying, "You can't do this. You can't do this." So it was, uh, yeah, it was a nice experience in the end. Um, but there's there's a big race coming up, Mitch, in, in I'm gonna say a couple of weeks' time, but I know it's next month. Um, which one of my best friends, Jason Skiro, is doing, um, and he's heading over to Spartathlon to to take part in in that race. And some of the listeners will know what Spartathlon is, maybe some won't. So I was wondering if if maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, your experience over it at such an epic race like that, because it is really globally known as as one of the big go-to ultras that loads of people from from all, all sorts of countries around the world want to take part in so love to hear your experience um with with sparta yeah it's well sparta and that's that is an amazing event it's uh i i loved my attempt at it um to, to just to uh, put a, uh, a bit of a story behind it it's uh, a race between athens and a place called sparta it's uh it follows in the footsteps of uh, Pheidippides, who uh, he's also known or for running back from the Battle of Marathon or something like that and falling down dead at the end of it. But um, no, yeah. he'd, he'd run to Sparta and back again, I think I read somewhere the other day. But anyway, it's this 153-mile um, trek uh, with, they say, a mountain at 100 miles. And there's quite quite tight cutoffs early on so you have to be quite up there um you have to you have to have uh qualifying times even to get in the race uh and then there's a ballot system unless you're 20 percent better than the qualifying times um so so it's to to, so my experience was i i ran it i loved it but i um I did actually, I was allowed to get to the finish, but I'd gone over the time because you have to finish it in 36 hours. Okay. And I was, uh, my, my time is in the uh, results somehow, but it's, uh, I think, 36 hours and 23 or 25 minutes. Oh, that's um, close. Yeah, it, it's, but it, it is, but it's it's uh, something I'd love to be able to get back and put right um, m- maybe one day. Uh, if I can get back there, but like I say, it's tough even getting in because you've got to get through the ballot. Yeah, um, it sounds like quite a popular event. To, yeah, to but, but but just a really amazing event. I, I loved it. Um, it, it there's there's basically uh, 25 places that can be taken up by um, the what what's known then as the British Spartathlon team. Okay. Um, you don't necessarily get the full 25, depending on how the ballot's gone. But anyway, they they it, it just makes for camaraderie and uh, and helps with the whole thing. Um, yeah, no, it, it's, 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 it's it is magical. 
Uh, they do say, though, that you have to kind of do it once to find out what it's about, and then you might be lucky enough to complete it. Oh, really? Okay, so it's so it's known yeah. for for its in, initial first time casualties then. <laughs> Yeah, well, like like a lot of these things, I guess. I, I, hopefully, Jason will be be um, do well and, and complete it on the first go. There's no reason why he can't. Yeah, I think um, I think the finishing finishing one of the canal races has certainly I think boosted a, a lot of his confidence with with the distance because it's you know it's a, it was it would have been a big unknown by by 50 miles. So um, so that certainly has has helped. But um, wh- what happened on your year was 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 the year you went the year there was a lot of rain. No, no, that, my year was very hot, um, but as it often is. But what often happens is you get the very hot weather and then it's very cold the following morning and then you, the heat builds up again over the day. Um, it, I mean, my ex, my experience was I went, I, I tried to run and stay comfortably inside the cutoffs, but not outdo myself, as it were. I, it was all going so well. I got over the mountain. And then it's just one of those things, you know, with these events, the time just disappears on you. And and before you know it, <laughs> hours hours pass you by um, in the blink of an eye almost. No, it's it. and then it just got to the point where I was towards the end. I was It was literally like I was running backwards. Um, really? There's, there's a, a video of me finally getting to the finish and I, I nearly fell straight over as I tried to step up and, and, and kiss the foot of the statue absolutely yeah. well, in, incredible incredible stuff for making it that, you know that far and, and and also for the race you know to let you kind of go ahead and 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 go through that process because i think that's 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 really kind as well and, and great and yeah well done for finishing it, it, it was because the, the big thing about spartathlon is one of those events where there's there's 75 checkpoints all the way through and it, you have to get through each checkpoint within a, the given time and if you don't, you're pulled pulled out of the race and put on the what they call a death bus that's following the race. So uh, okay. you've always got your your eye over your shoulder to make sure the bus isn't following you down the road. But that's it un- was weird because I, I remember there was a point towards the end yep. and there'd been people behind me. And then I looked back and there was no one there. And, and I think what had happened is I'd just scraped through a checkpoint and, and no one else had. Um, okay. Um, yeah, it was literally, they, they probably should have stopped me to be fair, but they, they let me get there. So I completed the journey. Um, but it doesn't feel like I've, I've, uh, done the Spartathlon in the true sense. Yeah. I think I, I'd be the same as you, I, you know, I would be very grateful for that experience and be proud of myself for getting through, but yeah, I'd, I'd want to go back, um, again. So I, I can completely understand that. Well, wow, amazing. Well, you know, I guess you're applying for the ballot and, and meeting qualification standards and stuff so hopefully we'll get to see you out there soon you know and maybe i'll get to come along as well at some point because I, I, yeah maybe one i think the more i hear about the race and the more i speak to jason and yourself and you know the tullets and and russ big russ the more it kind of appeals to me slightly so uh, so yeah may, maybe one year i'll give it a bash <laughs> if i get in <laughs> there, there, of course there are other races in the world and uh yeah. But it, it, it is an amazing experience. It's, it, you know, it's it's done as a package, and the whole thing is 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 just a, yeah. It was just I I just love the whole experience. I've probably said that several times now, but it, it yeah. is true. No, that's fantastic. It, it does it does it justice hearing hearing it spoken about like that. So it's great. 
Um, I was going to just say here, just as a note to, to the listeners, and, and, and I know I said earlier that you've done so many races that we could have we could have dived into into all sorts of events and things. But I thought um, the way you know I, I said to you earlier before we started recording that, that I've set about this is that I was going to ask you about Sparta, which we've covered. Um, and we're going to also ask about the the 24-hour track racing format because many people might not know at all about that really so that'll be great and then we'll cover a little bit of the canal racing as well so so kind of looking at the distances and the different kinds of races with regards to, to your experiences as well so um, so I have to also apologize to you that if we don't cover all the races but um, people can go off and look at your your DUV statistics page as we said earlier anyway and have a look at, at all those different results but I was going to move on to a format very different to Sparta, which was the the 24-hour track running events. And and maybe specifically, we could speak about Tooting, which I believe you've done. Um, I think it's where you may have set a um, 100-mile PB split record for yourself of 17 hours. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that, that is correct. So I've done two track races. One went well. <laughs> okay. And, and one went not not as well. Uh, so um, we can compare them then. Great. <laughs> well, yeah, but saying that, the, the tooting one, I got to 100 miles in, I think it was 17 hours and 10 minutes. Um, I think it was se- just over se- 17 se- hours. Se- anyway. 1701 it was, yeah. Was it? Okay. All right. Okay. So I knew it was, it was but it, it was, I was aiming for one of the auto qualifying times for Sparta, I believe. I think it was 16:48 at the time. Oh, again. So, um, yeah. so, so, <laughs> so I'd gone really well, but um, obviously, I say obviously, but um, yeah, slowed down towards the uh, end of the hundred miles. So didn't quite make that, but was elated. Obviously, elated with the the hundred mile time, uh, which is the big trap with 24 hour races. A 24 hour mm. races is is a race is just that, and you should do your best to keep running for the whole time and you can uh, obviously clock some miles in that time uh, I made the mistake of thinking well I've done that there's plenty of time left I'll have a bit of a rest um, and it wasn't so much a rest I was aiming for it was something uh, good uh, like a, a more food than I've okay. been eating up to that point because I'd only been nibbling and grabbing what I could to save stopping yeah. Uh, so so a hundred miles, I I ate too much basically. Uh, then felt unwell. Had a lay down. <laughs> um, can, can, uh, did did eventually get back up and carry on running. So I, I, I had a decent um, total for the four hours in the end. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Excellent. So um, just just for those listening who who may for the first time be hearing. The, the phrase 24-hour track race, um, I guess they can be best described as just exactly what it says on the tin. So you're on a track, you're on a racing track, and you are literally running around in circles, perhaps maybe occasionally changing direction for 24 hours. Is is that kind of the best way to describe them? Uh, for those ones, yeah. So there are other 24-hour events. Uh, I've done uh, I've done a 12-hour version of, of a 24 hours, which is a Effectively, it might be a five-mile loop uh, off off-road round some fields or whatever. But the track races themselves, or the the ones I've done anyway, have literally been round a 400-meter athletics track, um, time and time again. So uh, yeah. Okay, so I, I guess think... it's easy to access um, your like like a drop bag or your or your kits or a tent or whatever you have there. Um, you've got access well, to toilets and things, well, so it's well, a little bit easier to logistically yeah. plan. 
Yeah, precisely. Actually, so, so with Tooting, it was uh, me and Russ uh, Tullet were both there, and um, I had my uh, Amy, my wife, and I think Sandra. Sandra was with her, and we put we, we put up like a full size tent right next to the track, um, and and there was just a table there, so they just put everything on the table, and literally you could sort of step to the side of the track. Obviously, they were on the the outer part of the track, uh, but you could step to the side of the track as you went round grab what you needed and, and basically uh, barely stop um, and, and carry on. So, uh, yeah, clearly that's great help. And you don't get lost. Uh, they, they put a cone out about every four, well, every four hours and you go round the cone and go the other way round, probably to stop you getting dizzy, I suppose, or you know, help, you. Okay. <laughs> help, help you unwind. <laughs> yeah, like stop, stop all the, all, the, um, all the fatigue and stuff. And do they have, do they have music playing or anything to kind of, I guess, take your mind off of the fact that you're going round and round? Or was it, was it kind of like a very focused type event? I don't remember music. I think there might have been a tannoy making announcements, uh, but these these tracks are often in built up areas anyway. So uh, yeah. uh, you've got to respect the neighbours in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. But, but then, uh, yeah, one, one of the, the features certainly I remember more so from tooting is the, the, the they've got counters there that are counting your laps for you okay. um, to make to make sure it's accurate. I mean, when you so, think it's what is it 105 laps? I think it is for a marathon. So, um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so, so I think it's about 400 by 400 that you have to do for the for the full hundred for a full hundred, I think, or somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so, sense. That's a, that's Something a lot. Like that, that's yeah. a lot of loops. So I think hence hence <laughs> the, the the dizziness comment earlier. So you don't. Yeah. Don't want to be no, worried. I mean, in in all seriousness, obviously you don't want to be going round the same bends because effectively you're leaning to, to some extent or you're twisting in one, one direction constantly so yeah uh, yeah every four yeah. hours cone goes out you go around the cone and you start going the other way cool cool i guess that's good for the feet and and the leaning and the body and the ribs and everything i guess uh, to do with that yeah but i, I wouldn't yeah. have even consider that if you hadn't have just said that then but yeah makes sense um so i guess the fact that people are timing the competitors as well means that you wouldn't have, I mean, it wouldn't be a mass start event. There would only be a kind of select few people on the track. Uh, yeah, they tend to, I'm not really sure, sort of 40 in number, something like that. Because okay. really, you can't have too many people because, I mean, for a start, uh, when you do a track event, you really want to be running on the inside of the track because just being in the second or third lane can add a, a lot of distance. I don't know the exact figures, but they, it does add a lot of yeah. distance. So uh, the same as uh, you watch the marathon as a blue line in the road, because that's the, the, yeah. the best line to take and, and the most accurately measured line or, or whatever is similar to with a track race. Obviously the, the, the inside uh, lane closest to the inside uh, is what's going to, um, get you the best disc because let's let's remember they're going to count your laps so um, yeah. you'll be adding distance if you're in the second or third lane which no, won't be counted because they're only counting your your laps okay that's for sure uh, brilliant yeah. that sounds really good are these i guess these these races there are a number of them around the uk that you can attend and obviously around the world now but do you find that they're becoming a little bit more more popular now that the sport's kind of growing I think they are more popular. I mean, they do tend to to sell out, but that's maybe because they've they've got 
um, smaller numbers to start with. Um, there, there's, there are a few more going now. So I, I did tooting and I've done Gloucester. Gloucester was a different kettle of fish. It was uh, November time, so it was a lot colder. Uh, you lose daylight. I think um, I think tooting was the towards the end of August, so you still got a good, good, fairly decent weather and a, uh, more daylight. Um, and then the, there's the other one that uh, there's a Cobain uh, track race, which is done uh, when the clocks go forward or back to give you an extra hour. Oh, lovely! <laughs> Trust Cobain <laughs> to do uh, to do an event like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a few out there, and there's um, uh, the the oh Croydon there's one at Croydon um yeah, okay. April time I wouldn't Great. mind giving that a go just just to um tick another one off really I do yeah they, they are, I quite enjoy them actually although I've only done two yeah I'm I it's on my list of things to to, to try maybe maybe next year as, as some training for for Liverpool to Leeds which I'm I'm keen to do and I've just announced but I, I wasn't going to announce but that's fine <laughs> uh there you go yeah. there you go yeah, yeah they're, we, they're... We've, we've actually talking to track races there's a new one in Guernsey uh okay. and we, uh, my my wife's got family in Guernsey so we've we've actually been there a couple of times I've, I've done a race where you run all the way around Guernsey it's 36 miles uh but they've, they've also now got their own track race so we're we're thinking maybe we'll go and do that um, next. Okay. Well, I don't know about next year, but uh, we're looking at, looking at doing it one year anyway. Brilliant, excellent. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try and try and get to our next year. I've been inspired. I actually had a. Uh, I, I was going. Um, he wouldn't allow me to say this. He wouldn't like me saying this, but I had a friend who I called my uh, a running celebrity who was down uh, in Portsmouth this week, who I I took for a tour of the seafront. Uh, Damien Carr, and I think he ran. He ran crawl, uh, the Crawley 24 this year and I think clocked in 162 miles. I think it was. Yeah. yeah was it. Did I say Croydon? Crawley, that's it. It's Crawley, I, isn't it? Yeah. Crawley, yes. Yeah, Crawley, Crawley. So, uh, yeah, yeah he, clocked, he clocked in 162.7 miles, I think it was, in the, in the 24 hours, which was... That's I think, not bad, is it? I think it was the fourth... Uh, farthest British time that was that was that was ever been recorded, I think, in a twenty-four hour race. So yeah, it was a uh, it was incredible, um, really good performance. But he did look tired at the end. There was um there was paramedics and, and all sorts attending to him. <laughs> Don't think oh, I'll be doing. Oh yeah, well, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. pretty pacey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What was is. what was the the record one that the Centurion twenty-four hour did? I can't remember what his distance was now. Oh yes, that was the the European chap from. I can't remember where, where he was from, but yeah, that was that was a world record or somewhere like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. I think he took the hundred mile world record off of Zach Bitter. I think. Yes, incredible, absolutely. Yeah, you're amazing, right. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really good. But but listen, Mitch, we've spoken a little bit about the canal races, and obviously, um, I wanted to just add here that you're taking part in the Canal Slam, which for those who, who may not know means you're doing all three of the the canal races so grand union canal kenneth Navon canal race and liverpool to leeds this year um which of those is your favorite uh well um see the, the grand union canal they hold a ballot so you don't always get in uh but i have run that twice uh so i've run it obviously this year and i've run it in 2015 that was the first um canal race i did the first first probably the 
first, well, certainly first race of that distance anyway mm-hmm. that I'd done. So that was 2015 anyway. So uh, I, I, I think uh, Kenneth and Avon and the Grand Union are, are very similar. They're very similar distances. Obviously, they're both along the canal. Um, but, but I've done Kenneth and Avon several times, albeit it was different this year because it was London to Bristol, whereas the previous few times it's been Bristol to London. Okay. Um, I think I've 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 uh, entered four times or started four times, but I've only managed to finish three. And okay. I haven't run. Um, uh, so it's 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 going from Liverpool to Leeds on the Leeds to Liverpool Canal. But that's the one I haven't done yet. Although I have um, crewed or helped uh, Sandra Tullett um, run that event. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, and, so and... Uh, it remains to be seen because I've not I've not done all three, so I can't tell you which is my favourite yet. Okay. It, it, it could be Leeds to Liverpool because it's slightly shorter, okay. about 127 miles. And I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna blow your own trumpet here by saying that I saw a message the other day from the Canal Race uh, organisers, and they were just I think they just sent a screenshot of the the leaders or the the leaderboard for the Slam, and you are on the top, I believe. Uh, yeah, no, that was yeah, no. You did see that, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's the thing is, it's a, it's a, it's tight at the top because there's a. I think I, I worked out as 32 minutes uh, ahead of. Um, I am in front of the, the second place um, slammer, as it were. Okay. Um, yeah. I, what I didn't realise was that at Kenneth and Avon, um, I, I was. Uh, trying to keep him behind me to get into the finish because he he caught me up with I don't know five or six miles to go okay. um so I, I had to put in a bit of a spell just to just to stay ahead of him and and just wise but place wise uh but anyway uh I, well, so i didn't realize at that point not only was i racing him in kac i was actually racing him in the slam mm. um but yeah it'll be, it'll be interesting uh, 32 oh, yeah. minutes is nothing though uh, uh, it can easily be lost over that sort of distance that's true. That's true. Well, listen, we I, I really wish you wish you good luck. I'm going to be following that race on really carefully and uh, and wishing you all the best there. And um, uh, I, I wish I could like send you send you some abuse on WhatsApp and stuff. But I'm sure you won't you won't even be checking your phone at all. You'll just be you'll just be be pummeling through the miles, hoping to get to the finish. So re- really good luck, Mitch. From 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 all of us, everyone listening, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be backing you there. And I think it's also like fair to say as well, I, I may have may have said this on the previous show, but I think there were three Portsmouth runners in the top 10 at Kennet and Avon Canal Race. So um, go Portsmouth. Actually top top nine, top nine, of course, because um, you were six, I was seventh and Jason was ninth. There we go, so top nine. Three in yes. the top nine. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is really good going. You know, I think it says a lot for the city and they've, you know, the, 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 the running depth and, and, uh, challenges that people kind of put them put themselves through here so it's a really great community down here so it's it's good to see um but listen i've taken so much of your time so far mitch and i know that we could i was, I was gonna say though i was gonna say to be yeah. fair to jason i think if he didn't have spartathlon lined up uh and hadn't had such a good 100 mile well the 100 miles anyway he had a, a cracking 100 miles by all accounts at kacr but yeah i think if he didn't have um uh, sparta lined up He'd have probably been ahead of both of us, wouldn't he? Um, oh yes. Yeah, he he had a tremendous uh, race. Yeah, um, he was. So it's best of luck to Jason at, at Spartathlon. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, also looking forward to to following his journey out there as well. So it's going to be 
it's going to be good lots of exciting stuff coming up and hopefully the listeners back back you guys and um get watching those results on on race day as well because it's pretty exciting to to watch all the race coverage and stuff and see how everyone everyone gets on but i was going to kind of um come to to a bit of a closing mitch and ask you if um if there's any advice you can give to to listeners out there runners out there who may just be starting out maybe on their first marathon or preparing for their first ultra or even just kind of considering racing long distance um what what kind of advice could you could you give them well, I, the thing is, it's, it's that thing of uh, by the time you sat and thought, oh, do I want to go for a run or not? You could have your trainers on, be out the door and put away a couple of miles. Um, Good point. you just got to get up and do it, really. Same as I think we sort of almost touched on it earlier. If you want to do a big event, um, the first step is is signing up. Uh, mm. If you do that uh, well in advance, and, and some of these races you have to do in advance or you won't get a place anyway, uh, there's plenty of time for training. And then it, it's just belief in yourself. Uh, obviously, we all we all start at a point where we haven't done that distance, uh, and you really don't know at that point. I think uh, as, as it's also the the first time I'm sure it was the first time I completed a hundred miles. I was going around telling people, you know, ten foot tall or whatever. But anyway, telling people, <laughs> wanting them to be as excited as I was about it. And although sort of they go, oh, well done, well done, it, you know they don't really understand what you've just been through. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Until you've actually been there and, and done it. Until yeah. you talk to someone else who's done understand you. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's good. No, that's, that, that's great advice. And I think, like you said earlier as well, anybody can, can do them. You just have to have the, the will and desire to do it. But also, if people want to want to get in touch with you, Mitch, and find out more, or um, are you on any social media platforms or can people follow you on Strava? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I, I, do, uh, I do tend to log all my runs at the moment on Strava. I've only got it on my phone, but I okay. carry my phone and, and do do that. So, all, yeah, pretty much every run I've done this year and probably last year uh, is on there yeah cool brilliant excellent so yeah just in case anybody kind of wants to get in touch with with any questions about about some of these races or, or distances or topics we've discussed so so that's great now mitch as you know I, 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 go, go, yeah, go on yeah go on. no i was just going to say I, I you know i'm always uh, i'm no expert but i'm always happy to talk about running if, if uh, people want to do that i'm always ready to go for a run uh yeah, and I think it puts people off when they think, well, you run all these distances, but uh, we're not running any great speed or massive distance, you know, every time we go out for a run. I, I find that the interesting thing is, you know, you can run around Portsmouth and you see other people and you can outrun them today. Or you might not outrun them tomorrow. You, you don't, don't know what their last run was or what their experience is. Um, Exactly. yeah you, you just just go out and enjoy your own run and do your own thing really good points there thanks mitch really good points so i'm going to finish off with some recovery run questions mitch you know these you've uh you've heard you've heard the deal before on on some of the previous episodes so uh yeah. for your long races what are your go-to shoes uh let's see i've always worn because they tend to be off-road events uh brooks cascadia but I've had an issue with the last couple, actually, with um, getting blisters under my feet, under the balls of my feet. Um, in fact, I'm hoping they'll heal before my <laughs> before Liverpool to Leeds. But uh, so I've, I've gone off them a bit. Uh, I, 
Yeah, they, they were my go-to. I'm not. I'm, I've never really got on with hawkers, which I'm sure you're disgusted by. Um, uh, Mitch, you, you, you can just leave now. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm really kidding. laughs> um, no, so I actually ran in a pair. I'm not sure exactly what model they are. A pair of um, Nike uh, trainers, and uh, uh, they feel a little bit big, but they seem to have done me okay. Okay, interesting. Cool. Okay, yeah. so Brooks, Brooks and Nike. There we go. What's your favourite yeah. post-race? Uh, meal treats or, or anything like that after a run what 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 will you go to for food and stuff to, to treat yourself um well after the the last last one it was a carvery uh which oh, i think lovely. was just a good way of getting all the all the vegetables in and stuff like that oh, yeah brilliant 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 do you ever listen to music on a run and if so what what, what artists do you listen to no No, I, I don't tend to. I think it's it's good to be in tune with your surroundings when you're cool. out. Um, I've tried, I've, well, I've tried listening to podcasts, but um, yeah, it take, takes your focus away. I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fair not enough. For me. I'm, I'm the same. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Um, do you have a favourite route to run in or around the Portsmouth area? Uh, so I live um, in, well, I live sort of in Cosham. So within five or six minutes, I'm on Portsdown Hill. Uh, uh, yeah, so there's any route, once you get onto the hill, um, I, I, I can, yeah, I can uh, do a very hilly route by just going up and down all the different paths. Um, cool. All of that. Uh, my wife keeps a horse uh, near Wickham, so quite often I'll just run back from there. And you can do that all the way from Wickham, uh, pretty much, yeah, off road basically, all, all the way to the, the last um, half a mile before I get to my front door. Awesome, excellent. Okay, support Stone Hill is good. Um, and finally, Mitch, um, is there anything that you want to add about the running community down south here? Obviously, I mentioned earlier, we, we, I, I feel really lucky to kind of be a part of it and stuff. And, um, you know, anything you want to say about, about you know, the community itself and people who have been part of your running journey up to now? Well, I just... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it is a great community and I've, I have been helped out a lot of times and I, I, I am very grateful that, uh, for that. Um uh, I hope people know that. Um, uh, and if they uh, need any favours returned, uh, I'm here. <laughs> there you go. You're going to get inundated with requests now. You're going to be busy all year next year. <laughs> well, well uh, to, to, to be, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do once I've uh, got through this year. Yeah. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Exciting stuff to hear. Listen, Mitch, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Um, you, I think you're definitely someone I know I could learn a lot from uh, for my future adventures and stuff. So I'm hoping that we can join each other for some for some miles um, before one of my future races or and maybe yourself as well. But no, I've just been really inspired kind of reading and hearing about your long distances and all the successes you've had because you've got some fantastic results on DUV statistics. So again, I'm going to recommend listeners go off and check your profile there. Um, very impressive. Mitch, thank you so, so much one last time and all the best with the uh, end of the Canal Slam. Yes, thank you very much. Pleasure, take care. Cheers. Yeah.